Hello, everybody. It's me, Mike Catherwood, and I have to tell you about something that is truly fantastic. It's called Honey. Let me break it down for you. Everyone shops online. We all do it. But have you ever shopped online, you bought something, and then you realized after you got it that you could have got it for cheaper? It's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. Who doesn't want to save money? Well, with Honey, you don't have to go through that ever again. See, Honey collects and amalgamates all different types of coupons for everything you could possibly think of. And it collects them and using their browser extension and their app, it applies them to you when you check out. Boom, right there, you get money that you could have saved. You probably didn't even know about said coupon, but boom, it's right there in front of you at your checkout, saving you money because of Honey. It's a fantastic little piece of technology and over 100,000 people have given it, listen to me, 100,000 people have given it a five-star review on Google Chrome. This is something that is not fooling around. This is real deal, top-notch, creme de la creme tech. There's really no reason not to use Honey, and I mean that sincerely. It's free to use, and it's easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. So shop with confidence. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash high. That's joinhoney.com slash high, H-I-G-H, you know, for high and dry. Honey, Online savings simplified. Welcome to the show. Are we good? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Well done. It's going to be big. <laughs> it is. It's got to have a lot of information, which is weird for the show. It is, but we can derail it easily. You, you, I'll fuck it up for sure. No. Yep. I'm actually uh, most excited for you during this podcast because I'm thinking that you could learn a lot, of, especially about training for fights. Oh, yeah? Uh, and nutrition and things like that. Because I you're mean, always... I'm a fan of information, yes. especially when it comes to helping you fight better. I know I'm old, but... And it's not my job, but... I I try anything anyone says that's got a, any credibility. I just... Because I can't... I'm not a reader. I just go, what do you do? What are you doing? Give me the stuff that you do and I'll try it. And then I'll wake up in the morning and I'll tell you how it goes. That's how I do it. I think Some a lot stuff of people, I use, sometimes I don't. I think a lot of people are like you when it comes to fitness and health, which is why I wanted to invite this man on the show for our very first High and Dry podcast that is specifically focused on health and fitness. He is not only a uh, competitive fitness model and bodybuilder, he is someone who actually knows how to use his body, which is something I respect because there's a lot of guys, myself, uh, I, I, I deal with a lot of these gentlemen who I see in Venice especially that have amazing physiques, but they can't walk up a flight of stairs and they certainly <laughs> couldn't punch a heavy bag. Uh, this man is a, I believe, a brown belt? Black belt. Black belt. You are now Ooh. a black belt in Ooh. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under, under uh, Henner and Hiran, so it's not like he's he was just handed this black belt. Um, Shit, no, and uh, he is a sports, uh, a strength and conditioning coach to elite world-class athletes, including everyone's fan favorite, Brian Ortega. That's right. And uh, Fabrizio Verdum, I believe. Yeah, Verdum. I've worked with Anderson Silva, Carlos Barza, James Mtossery, um, and a few others. Yeah. See what I'm talking about? Yeah. This is the man, Mike Safi. Thank you. What a great welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> first and foremost, uh, I I would imagine it's been hard to kind of deal with building your business in a world of fitness influencers. And I use yeah, I use the quotes there because 
there's just so many fuckboys and retarded chicks <laughs> that are out there with like with like seven million followers on Instagram, and they're Fuck they're boys. they're dominant in the world of the, the you know the fitness industry's really been hijacked by these these numbskulls who just put up pictures the girls with giant asses who squat and guys who are shredded that put pictures of them like dominate life only live by the code. And but isn't it the isn't it the isn't it a gateway? Because I find it's sort of like tattoos or mixed martial arts, whatever it is. When you get in, sometimes you're lucky. Like if you were decided to get into mixed martial arts and you're my friend or your friend and you go, hey, where should I go? I'll probably advise you to go somewhere that's pretty good. You mm -hmm. might get, you. this guy, you, you might meet a bunch of people that would actually teach you the craft. But if you don't know and you just get into it, you go down the shit road. You meet fucking Jimmy the fucking... Pad holder who makes you look like a fucking moron until you go, wait a minute, that guy over there looks way better. Or you meet a person who goes, dude, you shouldn't be with that guy. It's like tattoos. You get shit tattoos until you meet people. And then you know somebody that's a good tattooist because you've got an eye for it. I feel like you got to pay your dues. Well, I I know it's I know they're bad. No, the problem I, the problem is though is that they it, it, it takes you, time to meet him. You need you to work should, hard to meet him because he bump into somebody that goes, hey. That's good what you're doing, but did you know that there's these other people that have so much more knowledge about how to... I guarantee he's going to say 10 things right now that I'm going to go, no way, really? Maybe I not. fucking try all day to try to not be a fat prick. Yeah, but what my, my point is, is that those people, the bad tattooists and Johnny Padholder, they're actually dominating the industry right now. Oh, you that, really? That's the, that's the problem. In my opinion with the fitness fitness industry is that the showy, glossy stuff that, like I said, these fitness influencers on Instagram, they're they're making tremendous amounts of money from training, from putting up pictures of their abs and then selling their programs or their detox seven day bullshit. Absolutely. And uh, and I, and I wonder because for, people don't actually want to get fit that sick. Because it seems like if it's a little diet thing that you follow a guy on, that's not really a key. I mean, when you get people in shape, if you were getting not an MMA fighter but a, a person that wants to be in shape. You wouldn't tell them to go on some one quick thing that's gonna fix them, right? Like it's a lifestyle. Well, well the no. quick things can happen. Like if you want to get ready for something two weeks, there's a time and place for everything. Getting ready for something, like let's just say, oh, I have a photo shoot in two weeks. Can I do something? It's like, well, your expectation shouldn't be as high. Yeah. But we can fuck with some shit and try to make the best out of this short time that we have. Okay. I think what he's talking about is, is first of all, I agree with you. I see it in. There's a little internal frustration, I can't lie. I don't know if it comes from a little bit of envy because I want that kind of like validation as well. Yeah. But then it's like, you know what? It makes sense. It's kind of what you were talking about. People don't give a fuck about learning. Okay, think about it like this. When you are typing in your GPS, are you literally just following what the fucking person or the, the GPS is telling you to do or are you learning how to get there? Yeah, oh, I totally catch that. You see, so I don't I learn. I, I, I don't learn how to get there. I'm just like fuck it. My wife is like, Mike, turn here. I'm like, yeah. what? She's like, you just were here yesterday. Yeah. I went to Vegas for a week, and I didn't know the streets until like three days. She knew the shit in like you know a couple hours because yeah. people, like I say, they listen to it in that GPS format to where somebody's just telling them, okay, okay, okay. They leave the room and it's just forgotten about. So we have times where we like do that, and when you're more interested, it seems to absorb. That's the key to be to be involved. When you really like something, it's easier to get good at it because you're very interested in the process. Absolutely. And the thing is, is like from a 
weirder kind of left field perspective, you don't choose, I don't believe you choose your desires. You don't choose your thoughts. You also don't choose what you're able to remember. You can sit there and try to fucking memorize something and you might even have this ability to memorize it short term. But once you don't have to know that thing anymore, then it's like, wait, what happened again? But the shit that just sticks in your head, those like flashbulb memories, that you didn't choose to remember that shit. It just impacted you in a certain way because somehow, some way, this desire that just sets upon you within the life that you live wanted you to, or not wanted you, but like, I guess you could say, uh, encouraged you to like store that memory inside of you. So there's certain things that like I'm watching and I'm listening or I'm reading, right? And I'm like, damn, I remember this, this, this. And uh, if we all sat here, we'd take uh, like a different memory from our situations. So your desire- But it's, it's what's important to you though, right? That triggers your, 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 your mind to remember it. I try to. And I notice that when I get into prep mode, um, that I have to always brush up on some shit. So I'll compete at least once a year. That's like the goal now. I mean, for as long as I live, I just, I turned 40. I'm going to kill it this show as a 40 year old, you know, I'm fucking as a kid, I was like, I'm going to beat the adults. And now as the adults, I'm like, I'm going to beat the kids. Right. So every time I start again, I'm like, wait, okay, you measured this, you measured this. And it takes a couple weeks to kind of fall into a groove. Yeah. So like whatever type of process you've been into the past, right? If you had to start that process all over again, you'd be further ahead than zero, but there's still like, wait, how do I do this again? Okay. So, and every different situation, right? Requires a different type of thing that you might be interested in learning. So clients, for example, that have like certain, you know, I have this pain or I have, you know, I don't know, diabetes or something encourages you to go and start fucking looking into things. And you have these like stored files. And so if you're done with them or if you're done with that process, time goes by, you're not just choosing to remember. So it's, it's kind of like I'm granting myself permission to not always be on point all the time, but at least to do my due diligence when the time comes to look into that certain thing. Right. Another problem, and I wonder how you kind of go about dealing with it, is that there's so much kind of demagoguery in the fitness world. It's like, I do keto, so that's the only thing that works and it's the only thing I'll promote. I'm a intermittent fasting guy, so that's the only thing I talk about, the only thing that I will uh, admit works. And everyone has their own like schools and everyone's kind of fighting for what is right or wrong. And it's got to make it really difficult because you probably deal with new clients coming in who have their own idea of what they think is right and wrong. Absolutely. And so the, the clients themselves, um, I don't necessarily kind of like look down upon because I feel like, I don't want to use the word desperate, but they're just, they're, they're looking for something to help them. Uh, it's the people that <laughs> are attached to a process, almost to where if you put the process down, they feel like it's theirs and they kind of like, they, they get offended by it. I don't give a shit what the process is. If it works, that's the one I want. And I've been through so many processes. I've fallen on my face. I mean, there's been times in the beginning of <coughs> bodybuilding where I had to pull in a parking lot because my blood sugar crashed. I'm like, Jessica, my wife, pick me up. Fuck, I need food. And I'm still afraid to eat the rice because I was like, no, don't eat carbs because my shit dropped so much. But now it's like, listen, I don't care about what the process is called. In fact, Actually, I think if there's a name to a diet, I don't really trust it up front, right? Yeah. You're either dieting or you're not. 
this fucking Hollywood diet, the John Doe diet, the this diet. I don't trust those. So uh, calorie deficits or surplus, whatever your goal is, is kind of the best way. And that's why I always like, if I don't know if you look at my stories, you can see like I eat 11 o'clock at night sometimes, hamburgers, french fries, and shit like that. Um, and the reason why is because I want to show that like certain things that people are claiming aren't necessarily the case as long as you follow a certain guideline. So, How do you eat ch- cheeseburgers and fries in your daily routine All right, it doesn't make you a fat person? Okay, so… Especially if you're saying you eat them before you go to bed. Okay, this is… Uh, it's a great question. So, sometimes people will come and they'll say, Mike, tell me what to eat. And I'm like, okay, listen. You're basically saying, Mike, I want to lose weight, right? Tell me where I should… Or, uh, Mike, I want to save money. I'm sorry. Tell me where I should go shopping. It's not the right question. It's more like, Mike, I need to save money. Like, how do I go about organizing my finances throughout the day? So understanding your budget daily will allow you to be more tactical when you spend. So What's that got to do with eating a cheeseburger at 12 o'clock at night? <laughs> Cheeseburgers have caloric value. So I had right? a turkey burger with fries last night at about 11.30. So mm-hmm. I, how come I don't look like you? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way. It, it, there takes a time where you have to go through this shitty frustration of learning how to count your calories and actually track them. And it is frustrating. You have to, can you rough it up or do you have to, you're like on the No, I'm on, on the fu- numbers. I'm on every single number. I'm on a three to five hour time. So, you, you, so what burger is this that you speak of? Because you have to know <laughs> exactly the calories of this burger and these fries, correct? Absolutely. So it's these not, are a measured amount of fries that are on your plate. That, yeah. So it's, it was 140 grams of uh, French fries. It was eight ounces of 96% <coughs> lean ground beef. It was two mini buns from Trader Joe's. And it was uh, like five or 80 grams worth of ghost chili pepper pickles and a fucking zero calorie Perrier. And uh, you prepare this yourself. Yeah, you, you have prepare to. everything yourself. I have to. I eat the for the short time period. It's I purchase the same brands of food um, because I keep their nutrition facts accountable. Yeah, and I track them on my phone. I try to eat relatively at the same time. Um, what about when you travel? Yeah, so that was really. Do you take a burger and, put, and fries and put it in a to no, go? No, I scout. And scout what? So I scout stores. Yeah, like no, I don't eat at restaurants. So this last week, I went out to Vegas. Uh, for some work, and I was there for about five days, six days. So we went to Target because the hotel we were staying at didn't have a microwave. We bought a microwave. We oh bought a scale. God. Later to return them, right? We bought all of our food. We had to rent out another refrigerator, and I replaced eggs for uh, a protein shake for eggs. Anything I had to do to keep <coughs> my calories in track, that's what I did. And I fucking came back, and I was my weight training is what suffered because the facility I was staying in, although it was a beautiful like uh, training facility, mm. didn't provide me the same type of like, um, you know, exercise equipment. Yeah. But for the most part, I lost weight because I stayed true to a process. But I will tell you something. Within that time, I was like, ah, you know what? Let me fuck. I can just, and I'm like, no, nah, don't do it. It's very easy to go fucking the other way. Yeah. No, I do it all the time. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, I have a fight coming up. And I haven't had to be, I'm not a real fighter. I had to, I've had a couple of pro fights. So getting in fight shape is not a regular thing for me. I just train. I like training. Cutting weight to me is fucking, I will not do it. I don't, it, I would, if there was a bunch of money on the table, sure. 
But my fight is going to be the weight that I'm at when I'm fit. That's the end of that. But just to get in, I'm not going to be, I'll be in way better shape than I am right now because I can't not make a training camp. Yeah. For me, it's just not to be sore enough. I just I like stay fit, but don't get too sore. That's a good goal to have because the idea is to have as many, um, I guess you could say, progressive days as possible. So when is your fight? November 9th. Okay, cool. This is this is actually awesome. So what you want to do is basically space it out. You still have a good amount of time. So um, obviously training the art, in my opinion, is the most important right. part of it. But you have time to get a little stronger. So you can do a little bit of like strength training and that time. And you want to treat your your training your training camp in phases. And as you get closer to you fight, your fight, you roll into a more functional, I guess you could say, uh, type of uh, training regimen from the strength conditioning standpoint. What do you but, mean? Wait, so you would do more strength and conditioning? You you cut, you want to cut? You lay off right like a week out, right? Well, no, not. But I would say anywhere from two to three weeks out, people typically cut it off. Really? Yes. Yeah, because the last week, no train, no uh, like just like maybe shadow boxing and stuff, but no like. Skills training is different. Skills training, you would probably yes. continue until. Okay, okay. But uh, I think he's referring to anything that would tax the central nervous system above and beyond the skills. Okay, right. Correct. All right, I got you. Yeah. yeah. And so that's typically what they do in the last week. They literally don't do anything, maybe a little bit of movement because that's their weight cutting week more commonly. Right. right? And if, a lot you're of, if you're cutting weight. If you're cutting weight, yeah. Right. And um, are you going to cut weight? No. Okay. Then they were both fighting at 205, and that's usually, I mean, or he said, he was 220, and I'm like, wherever you are, just tell me, you know, we're, the, we we're both the same weight when we saw each other, and then we saw each other again, and we were the same weight, so I'm like, 215, 220, it won't matter. If he comes in 205, I'll be like, oh, yeah, you got in, you got all thin for it? Okay. <laughs> I'm still going to beat your ass. Doesn't make any difference. That's fucking or awesome. if I, Or if I show up, and I'm, because I'm probably like 215, 218, something like that right now, because yeah. I just don't. Like I said, I had a turkey burger and fries <laughs> right before I went to bed at a and hotel a room. And a cheese pizza. I only had oh. one slice. But yeah, <laughs> I do whatever I want, man. But I don't because I train all the time. So I got uh, stem cell and stuff. So I'm just, and I do that. To me, the most helpful thing I do is the infrared sauna. And then I got a little fridge, the cold plunge thing. Yeah. And I just find that um, if I do that regu on the regular, because it's that's the hardest part to do it every now and then when I'm really sore. It's fun to do that because I know that I'm so sore and tired when I go in the cold plunge. It'll numb it out. Yeah, you'll be but on if you fire. just go because you know what I mean on a Tuesday, it's and then, and then Wednesday that cold thing starts to piss me off. Mm -hmm. It's torture. It kind of sucks. <laughs> but it's the most the amount of a supplement or anything that I've ever done to make me go to the gym the next day. That's the thing that I've noticed the biggest change out of anything I've ever done. I bet, though, if you change your nutrition, that would be, it would help. I mean, I've eaten clean, look, I've eaten clean before, but I think there was the old school mentality of the first, my first uh, amateur boxing fight, I ate, I starved. I mean, it was like sweet potato and oatmeal, you know? No sugar, no nothing. And then for the fight, I had pasta with no sauce on it. It was this weird. How'd you feel when you fought? I did, I did crack. I, I knocked the dude out in 90 seconds. And I remember when I hit pads before we fought. Yeah. I, and this was back when I was nowhere near as good either. I, but I just had straight up fundamentals. And I, I, Mayhem and Kit were both like, holy shit. And I remember playing it off. But I was also thinking, 
That's the hardest I've ever hit the pads before. Yeah. So wow. he did work. Yeah, of course. Once your body, you become, well, you're, you probably have adapted to the sport that you're involved with. Yeah. Your muscles become more efficient to the type of movement, right? So much so to where you're going to burn fewer calories than somebody like myself that doesn't do what you do on a regular basis, right? Right. No, he doesn't wear, you get, the more I spar, the less it wears me out. And I don't think it's because I got any fitter. It's because I'm calmer when I'm in there. That's also true. You're smarter, but you have this ability to become more efficient from like your ability to assess things mentally and physically. But once you start losing weight, even five pounds, that five pound reduction that you kind of subtract from yourself yeah. makes an amazing difference as to your uh, how you move, how long Speed. you move. For sure. every Everything. And so um, my recent experience myself, just training jujitsu, um, was I've, I've experienced the same thing. I'm 172 pounds right now. I'm like, fuck, I feel so good. Yeah. And this is, it happens commonly. So cutting your calories to a point where you don't feel like you're starving yeah. to where you can perform well, I feel like it's an amazing thing for from a performance standpoint. And clean, right? No. Or you don't think that's a big thing? No, that's where, that's where strategy comes in. If you, so here's the deal. The, the more you learn how to uh, ca uh, calculate your calories, yeah the more you can get away with eating anything you want. Because then you learn about, okay, there's a couple of things that matter, right? Obviously, how many calories you intake, but also food volume. So you basically have nerves around your stomach that send signals to your brain telling you that you're full, right? Yeah. And so what happens is, what we want to do is have uh, consume our stomach or consume foods that fill up our stomach to where we get this full feeling, yeah. right? But without exceeding our you know caloric demands daily, that would be a miracle if you could do that. Well, that's what salads are for, right? Yeah. You have um, that's why you don't want to eat certain shit foods like high fatty foods, right? Because those are uh, calorically dense, so you're basically wasting, I guess you can say, uh, space that you can fill up with if, uh, foods that are like are not so high in calories. Okay. So, like what I'll do is like at nighttime, for example, I need to eat a lot. It's the only way I can sleep. Yeah, see, that's the, for me, I started the intermittent fasting thing. I gave that a go because I used to eat a lot for breakfast. And I found if I trained hard, because I train in the morning, that's my pocket to to box. It's always been that way, unless it's sparring at nighttime. And I would vomit a lot from training so hard and eating an hour before I went to the gym. Yeah. So I just scratched it. And then I got used to it and I found that it worked. But at nighttime, that's when I, all of a sudden I need to eat. Uh, all day I can go without it. And then mm -hmm. after dinner, I'm like, okay, now I'm hungry. After dinner. Well, it makes sense. So, um, like I said, as long as you don't necessarily exceed your daily calorie intake, you have to do some math to figure it out. They have yeah. a lot of things online, some apps and stuff like that. You're going to be okay. There are certain types of um, specifics in regards to, you know, when to eat that can make a difference. But I liked fasting. Um, for the reason of, I like feeling empty sometimes when I do some type of high intensity training. Yeah. But also it gives you room to eat more later on. Yeah. That's, and that's okay. It's amazing. It's fine. When you're in a deficit, you're not working the same way as if you're, a deficit means like when you are eating fewer calories to, you know, achieve a goal weight. Yeah. Your body's not necessarily operating the same way. In fact, what you can do is you can look up a couple studies. Uh, one professor consumed mcdonald's i think for about 12 weeks i think or eight months uh, eight weeks sorry 1200 calorie diet 
dude, his blood sugar levels got better. He lost weight. And like, he basically became a better version of himself eating McDonald's. Because of the, he- Calorie reduction. He, not, he didn't, he did just enough to live day to day off the food. He didn't eat like uh, what we would super think. Supersize me. Yeah, yeah, he didn't supersize <laughs> three times a day, right? No, I think the goal of that, I've never seen that. I don't trust watching documentaries, but <laughs> I, I, the brain is wants to believe, man. So you fucking- Because it's a documentary, you're like, it must be true? Yeah, I'm the opposite. I'm like, oh, I don't, I stay away from them. Uh. Because it, it's, you, we don't ever go past it. You sit there, they have a European accent, they have some dramatic music, and they have some titles. It's like, fuck, this guy sounds, or a girl sounds like we was talking about. And then, good. and we don't look past that. Yeah. Then it's like, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Like, ask yourself, whoever's listening to this, how many times have you tried different things based off of the new thing that you heard? Right? Yeah. That's how impressionable you are. And knowing that about yourself, you have to kind of be careful what you're exposed to, especially if you don't consider yourself a skeptic. People in my family have done that. They went vegetarian, they went this, they went that, and they fucking yeah. lost their hair, right? But going back to the point of like- I've done that. So have I. That's how, that's how you lost your hair? <laughs> Maybe. I don't actually know what I thought it was my children that took it from me, but anyway. Shit. It's genetics. It's yeah. Like it. But yeah, it's staying within your deficit, man. You just learn how to fucking plan out your meals. Okay, what about for the weekend of the fight? What is the what is the process to get the maximum amount of energy? Because I actually have to do Thursday radio show and then stand up Thursday night. Then Friday I do a radio show and a skateboard demo, and then Saturday night is the fights. So obviously, so I need to power up. You do, but you don't. So the fact that I you don't. don't okay, this good. is my opinion on the matter. The fact that you don't have to make weight means yeah. that you don't really have to change anything. In fact, what I would do is practice. Do like a, a kind of like a mock version of that so um if your training is on let's just say w when would you fight by the way at night at nighttime yeah, on like which day saturday. saturday night and then what are you concerned about the days before uh radio shows and doing some activities so try your yeah try your best to mock that little three day um i guess you can say time frame yeah and go train and see how you feel right yeah and see like, oh, I'm, I'm cramping up or I feel dehydrated or, you know, my energy was whatever. Yeah. And, and so you'll have a better awareness. But realistically, this idea of, you know, extreme changes before can actually fuck things up. Um, if like there's in, in bodybuilding, I'm going to reference bodybuilding because not to suggest the same thing, but there's something called peak week, right? Yeah. And peak week for the most part is bullshit. Okay. okay? Because you don't really... You change a few things, but you don't change everything and expect all this magic to happen. When fighters need to make weight, well, now they have to make extreme changes, especially if they come in a little heavier. But because you don't have to make weight, what I would do is live your life, right? Figure out your training programs. Like you said, you found that not eating before training makes you feel better, right? That's one, I guess you could say, ritual that you rely on. It's more anecdote that you rely on and you do it and you feel confident about that process. You eat at nighttime because, you know, that's just the way your schedule kind of works, right? Yep. So at this point, <laughs> you're, you're so many weeks out, right? You have so much play time, okay? I would try your best to kind of emulate what it's going to be like, Yeah. right? Then you go into that and you're like, okay. That's such good advice because I have noticed lately that when I do these events, 
even if it's not me fighting somebody in a legitimate fight, I'm definitely in some kind of fight where I'm getting, it's there's comedy fights. I get, I'm fucking electrocuted, blindfolded, running around. But several times I've been running around in my event where I feel like I'm almost going to vomit from the cardio and yeah. then I'm back on the microphone announcing it. And I do feel oftentimes that uh, I'm running on adrenaline. I'm actually like really tired and yawning off the, off the microphone, but I'm doing it because I don't live a life of Saturday night um, uh, fighting people at <laughs> 10, 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. I don't do that. I'm fully asleep. You know, I mean, I've got kids. I'm pretty fucking lame. You know, like 10, 10.30, I don't give a shit what night it is. I'm, unless it's really happening, I'm going to bed. Yeah. Yeah, some fighters when they train, they're like they train at nighttime. Yeah, um, Brian will do that. So would he spar at nighttime, like on a Saturday night, because it's that's he's a vampire, dude. It's almost I don't even think he has control, but I feel like it's one of his gifts. Um, we were just working together last night. He comes in and it's like you know, right now it's not as serious because we have nothing really scheduled. But I mean, as his hands, great, good. He's fucking. He's on point and he's fucking. He's dangerous. Watch his. He's always, he is always been dangerous. You're, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But he's made some modifications and he's internally like content with everything, which I feel like was the difference before. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy to see him like where he is right now. I love that, dude. I had a lot of fighters come on the Jason Ellis show and out of all, he's one of those people that I always felt like was a genuine dude. Like I've, he's always said what's up to me and in a time where I can tell it's not a fake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah always support her. I remember he DM me about uh, when I had dry ice. He was like, you know, if you put it in a bottle or seal it, it turns into an explosion. Really? Yeah. And I was like, that's the sweetest advice I've ever got from anybody on Instagram. <laughs> Duly noted. No, he's, he's the he's shit. awesome. Yeah. There's been times where like, you know, I was driving and I fucking ran out of gas. I'm like, fuck, hey, Brian, that's full comes and fucking. No, 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 I got it. He, he likes helping people. Yeah. It's not fake. I know, right? Yeah, he likes helping people. And so, um, yeah, like I said, the, the overall package of as to where he is right now is really good. You know, he's in good shape. Um, we're training. We're keeping it fun. That, that's another thing I would kind of suggest to literally everybody out there. I think a lot of times we overcomplicate training and strength conditioning and so on. Yeah. So we have a thing within our little group we call just touch it. There are times where you can't be as hard or you can't go as hard. You can't, you know, life takes over. So you just go in there and you touch it. You just keep your body somewhat familiar. Yeah. Like, oh, we're just going to touch it. Meaning it's like, it's a reduction of 50% of your intensity, your 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 volume, your weight loads, whatever the case might be. Uh, but most of the time, if you just play, right? Yeah. Your body will adapt to so many different things. And the best analogy I can use is this. Imagine... For example, uh, you and I are playing ping pong, okay? Mm -hmm. And the goal is to play the game as long as we can. Well, especially if I'm better than you, if I just keep knocking the fucking ball, not only are you going to get mentally discouraged, but you're going to get sick and tired of picking up the ball. Yeah. You're not going to want to play. Yeah. But if I'm like, listen, let's just see how long we can rally for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to cooperatively move. But in the meantime, we're also going to, you know, you can fucking go under the leg right. and do the back yep. spins. You have time to play the game longer exercise all these things that you couldn't do in real yes. time. And guess what? You become more efficient at that because natural intensity will pick up within this playfulness. And then when it comes time to the real hard shit, well, 
your body is way more familiar, familiar with this idea of how to move and you'll actually pull some shit off that you might never have. That's so, that's so basic and, and so nobody <laughs> would ever d- detect it though. Like when you think about it, I'm like, yeah, of course that is a perfect thing to do. Yeah. Like for me, I used to be a pro skateboarder. There's like all my life was playing on it. Absolutely. Only when the contest came would I fucking turn into this other thing that, yep. that you know I mean, I, where it was where you became, I became far more uh, inconsistent. Absolutely. Because to me, the contest was everything. So when I dropped in, I didn't, I was, I wasn't fucking playing. You weren't yeah. relaxed. And that's though. not how I started skateboarding. I never went to the ramp with my friends. It was like, you know what I mean? Fuck. You know, I was just like, woo, let's have fun. Yeah. So I felt like this would have been great advice fucking 20 years ago. You're touching on something too that I think a lot of people, uh, athletes or not, like just regular folks who want to stay in shape and get in shape. You're touching on something that I, I think is so often overlooked, even by fitness professionals, and that's sustainability. Yes. You know, like they can, you can design a perfect program, you can design a perfect diet, you can design a per, uh, an incredible weight training program and cardio split and all that. If it isn't sustainable for that person, it's useless. Absolutely. It's useless. And so like for Jason, Jason's a perfect example, um, you found fasting in the morning and eating at night, that's what you need. I, I'm the same way. But if someone else feels like six or seven smaller meals is what's sustainable for them, right. you because have Because I've to tried the other ones. You I tried, to uh, Demetrius Johnson told me on my show, here's what you're going to do. I'm going to do a huge favor. You're going to get up. You're going to get some eggs. You're going to get some bacon. You know what I mean? And he reeled off like a bunch of, like a hearty meal of all the different things. And I'm like, Really? Really, Demetrius Johnson, greatest fighter, arguably, <laughs> in the world? Absolutely. And he's like, yep, yeah. And I go, okay. And in the kitchen, fucking, you know what I mean? Katie, I need the fucking Demetrius Johnson meal. And then I went to the gym and threw up. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not Demetrius Johnson. Yeah. That was the problem Just with that on meal. You? <laughs> <laughs> I look a little bit like it, but not quite. But, yeah. that was, but the difference, the, what you're telling me, all of it, but because the Alice Mania fucking runs me into the ground, and I never, it's because I never do a Thursday, Friday, Saturday like that. I only do it once a year, and it kills me. The whole practicing thing, because I've noticed from being older and all the injuries from skateboarding and training, there was times there where I'd be so, especially if there was a fight coming up, I have to go to the gym, I have to keep going. I don't want to miss anything, coach. You know what I mean? I, I, and, you know, or I got an injury and he's like, uh, I had some fucking thing cut out of my chest and I was back in the gym and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't want to miss any practice. He's like, dude, you're fine. You're like on weight. Just watch. And I couldn't. Yeah. I had to be in there and do it. Now when I think about that was only a few years ago. If I'm sore, then that's just it. Like there's no, don't go. But when you're saying go light, yeah, like I can do. I've you've my brain is already flying off with like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm just doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. I'm my friend. I'm sparring my friend every Saturday night, and and if I'm tired, then I'll be like, dude, let's do, let's spar, but like let's not don't light me up. You know, let's just move around and maybe learn some stuff from each other. Yeah. So the goal at that point, I would say to start off is this: if you can't last the duration of time you commit to yourself, you fucked up. Yeah. So if I hit the ball to where a point where you can't play, I fucked up. So I have a client that's claustrophobic or that was in a jujitsu. 
And I was no like, way claustrophobic in jujitsu. Yeah. So he how do was, you get involved in jujitsu when you're claustrophobic? Well, sometimes you don't realize things until you're in that situation. You don't know who you are until oh, you're exposed shit. to this thing. All right. We learn who we are through experiences. So he got, and then he started hiring, you know, he got privates from, you know, a good friend of mine and they're doing lessons and all that, but he avoided sparring in what I call general population, right? Yeah. Because it's embarrassing. And I, I've been to it myself. To be panicked. Fuck yeah. You don't call. You, there was a time where I got claustrophobic and I was like, <laughs> my friend's like, what? I was like, oh, no, no, that was a good tap. But inside I was like, shit, I couldn't breathe. So I had to deal with this thing and I figured out a system within myself, I should say. And so he's my client that I train in the gym, right? Yeah. And I'm like, hey, bro, Paul, I can help you with claustrophobia. So I'm like, okay, let's go. So we go in the room. We have, we call these things hot box sessions. Yeah. It's a room. There's, there's, there's windows with that can't open. We turn on the fucking heater and we go. And my goal is this. We do two 20-minute sparring sessions, okay? And we have maybe a, a minute or so so he can drink some water. Mm-hmm. If he has to leave the room, I failed, right? So I have to be very intuitive as to how he's uh, breathing, okay. right? But this guy's fucking pumping it out. He's sweating. Now, listen, months later, he's more confident. He doesn't feel that feeling anymore. Uh, he's training in general population. He can last. And I'm like, shit. And he tells me all the time. And so why I say that is this, is because when you first try this mock-up session, right, that you're going to do, do not have any expectations. Be more curious as to how it's going to be yeah. versus how it should be. Yep. Then you take notes inside, right? You're like, shit, okay, I realized I felt pretty good right here. My kicks or whatever the case is. I noticed my, my punches, my breathing was hard about, you know, whatever minutes. Like, be so aware of these things. And then you basically grow off of that. Because if, if I said, listen, I want you to run through this obstacle course. You're like, all right. If you go in there thinking I'm going to get my best time before you even know what the fuck you're going to approach, yeah, you're not the smartest person when it comes to strategy. But if you're like, I'm going to go through it once, I'm going to see what it feels like. Huh. The next time I go, I'll try to beat my first time. Yeah, I would never do that in a million years. <laughs> a lot, bro, a lot <laughs> of people don't. You know what I mean? Like the train of thought that he's giving me right now is so eye-opening to my fucking moronic brain that's just like, no, go fast right now. That's the thing. And then you, you're like, I'm doing good. And you see the hill. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and guess what? Fatigue will make a bitch out of anybody. Yeah. And, and so like, you don't, I also don't feel like we, I feel like you can like, like develop more resilience. Yeah. But you don't choose how resilient you are. Certain, you know, when they say, oh, he has heart. Or when you see people sprinting or people that can suffer more, they yeah. didn't choose that shit. They find it out throughout the process, right? So you learn who you are through this process of developing resilience, right? But that first exposure to whatever you go through that challenges you, you start negotiating in your head. Like, all right, fucking, you know what? Maybe I'll do, I'll do it better next time because I didn't sleep that well. You start kind of like giving yourself reasons to back off. And sometimes you're like, all right, you give yourself permission not to even have to go through that process because you haven't been exposed to this new stimulus, so this first thing you're going to go, this first three-day thing you're going to go through, like I said, be curious, right? Don't have expectations. See how you feel, right? Track the shit down, like whatever, yeah. whatever way is best for you. Adherence is what you were speaking about a second ago. And I feel like adherence is very functional and functional is subjective because what's functional to your life is not functional to my life. 
So you find your ways to make it your way and make it, um, I guess you can say, as positive as you can within that. And so learning these things, what should I eat? There is, you can get fat eating healthy foods. Yep. Right? There's, you can fuck up eating, drinking too much water. The gift is creativity that some people I should guess, I guess don't have. So be creative with your life. I mean, seriously, the canvas is literally yours. And you just have to sit there and take a little bit more time within yourself and develop a relationship with yourself. What does that mean? Developing a relationship with yourself means learning who you are through a process, right? Especially something that you're going to repeat for weeks and weeks at a time. You understand how you work. You understand how you think. You understand at what point you break down. Then you build from that point. Yep. And in regards to keeping consistent, so I'm 40 and I feel fucking great. I've, I've released certain things that I felt like I had to do in the past. Mm-hmm. And now my job is in my life is to stay as functional and as active as I can, as long as I live. I'm going to have a baby uh, January 31st. Nice. Right? Congratulations, Congratulations yeah. man. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm going to have a, me and my wife, going to have a, a daughter. I can't wait to meet her. Um, this is like, I never thought I would be this excited to have a kid. And I'm happy I'm actually having a girl. I wanted a girl. I feel like girls are smarter than boys faster. Yeah. You know, Very true. Yeah. And like, I don't, I just, I almost was like afraid of being this like man, like to raise your boy. So I, I didn't even really trust myself. I was like, but a girl, it's like, I have this like image of her running to me and just loving me and so fucking cute. And so I can't wait to experience this. She will, she, she will also she, start infuriating you too. Say. Trust me. You know what? Okay. Jason so, and I can speak from experience. I believe It that. is amazing when she runs to you and daddy and gives you a big hug. There's all there's, there's a huge other, downside. There's, pots, yeah. there's a huge downside. I guarantee you that's especially me because I can be a fucking prick sometimes, right? But I don't know, man. I feel like the idea of I'm not a conformist, so I'm definitely not gonna. I, I I would never tell my daughter to fucking sit like a lady. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Right? Yeah. So there's certain things that I'll never invoke uh, in her brain. There there'll be no such thing as the word God in our household. I will never let, like, this is something like my wife and I are going to have a meeting about with our moms. Because my mom is always like, knock on wood, this, that. I don't want any of that fucking dogma. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, it, I think it's a cultural thing, yeah. right? I don't, think, I don't think it's intentional, but I don't want that dogma. I want her to fucking think rationally. Like, reasoning yeah. is a big deal. I mean, if you're, uh, look, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a pretty hardcore atheist, but I don't push it on my kids. I never have. But I, I am what I am, and I talk the way I talk. And my kids, I mean, I've got a 10-year-old and a 14-year-old, and my 14-year-old has religious friends and has had conversations with me in the car about how funny it is that her girlfriend thinks that there is, you know I mean, a floaty guy in the <laughs> sky. But I didn't tell her to think that way. But, you know, yeah. she goes, she goes, I should probably, probably, you know, I mean, he's watching or something. And I, I don't know what she said. She's busted balls on her friend, who she loves. It's still her friend. Yeah. She respects her for being religious, but doesn't take it serious, like her father, because, uh, and I didn't say, listen, Devin, you need to know some things about your life. Didn't I didn't do that. She just, kids, if you have common sense, and you are around your kids and you love them and they trust you, it rubs off. That just comes, because I found like, I, that was a recent to me where my daughter said some stuff to Katie and I where I knew it, Katie knew it. 
that I was proud as shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I didn't say. You didn't hammer it in. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go, hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I just said, well, that's interesting, you know. Well, we got we to unfortunately take a quick break here, oh. but we have Mike Sophia and we're having a great conversation about health and fitness and many other things. <laughs> we'll be right back on High and Dry. Hello there. Do you like sports? I do. I love them. I love Major League Baseball. Mostly, I just love the Dodgers. I love the Lakers. Sorry, hate me. I'm a real Laker fan. Fuck you. I've been a Laker fan my whole life. What I'm here to say is that the sport of all sports, NFL football, it's starting up. What does that mean? It means you get to watch amazing games. Sunday, Monday, sometimes Thursday. But it also means that little, that little spark inside you that says, I want to place a sports bet. It starts to fire up. For the most part, we don't bet on other sports. I know I don't. But when NFL comes around, it's time for me to break out the checkbook and start thinking, how can I bet on these teams? But I'm a little intimidated because I got to be honest, the Mikester, not a savvy gambler. MyBookie.ag. Lifesaver. It's unbelievably easy. It's unbelievably helpful if you are just beginning in, or frankly, if you've never even done a sports bet, they have an unbelievably thorough, comprehensive, and helpful customer service section to them, which really makes things easy. And there's never been a better time. Listen to me. You're going to think I'm BSing you. This is real. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. 50% bonus. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. So log on to MyBookie right now and use the promo code radio to get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code radio, R-A-D-I-O. What I'm here to say is everyone wants to sports bet. Let's not kid each other. Everyone wants to. A lot of us do. If you're going to do it, MyBookie is the way to do it. It's an amazing service. They're reliable. They're, they're accountable. It's not like you're giving to some like Shylock down the street. You don't know what he's going to do with your money. And if you can't pay up in time, he's going to break your arms. No, these are good people. And they give you a good service. MyBookie.ag. That's the way to go. If you're going to place a sports bet, do it today. Thank you. Our uh, guest, again, for those of you who may be just tuned in, I don't know why you do that because it's a podcast. <laughs> you're make any so sense. yeah, you're so old school radio, <laughs> yeah. dude. We're not, no one's even calling. It's we're not live, and we can't help you with sense. your pussy infections. <laughs> this is high and dry. It's a fucking. Podcast. I mean, we can probably I am help not you with Dr. that. Drew. Mike Sefi joins us, uh, a fitness, strength and conditioning coach, a black belt in jujitsu, and has the greatest physique I've pro- probably ever seen. <laughs> and that's not exaggeration. Um, we uh, I solicited for some questions, knowing that you were going to come on, and so we've got awesome. some. Uh, some of them are good. Some of them are not. <laughs> um, this is actually a good question because we've talked so much about calorie deficits mm-hmm. and, and dieting. This is a young man who I think a lot of young men struggle with this, and I hate them for it, but he is super skinny, six foot, 125. Give me some advice on how to gain weight the right way. Okay, so to put it simply… Um, you need to be in a calorie surplus, right? And like I said, there's apps and certain things that you can look into. Um, 
and you need to consume uh, an adequate amount of protein, I would say about one gram per pound, <coughs> and you need stress. You need to lift a little heavier, right? And I would say about anywhere from 70 to 85% within the 12 to 15 rep range. 75 to 85, your one rep maximum? Yes. Yeah. So a good way to indicate that is always stopping about three to four reps before failure, but you want to hit that 12 to 15 rep range, more of that hypertrophy yeah. type um, of uh, training. And so hit your compound movements. Those are going to give you the best foundation. Think about it like this. Here's one of the better ways of thinking about this. If you were to construct a house before you do any of the, like the minor details, you need framework. Okay, you need the stability of the house. And the stability of the house is basically the barbell training. So you, would, you can start it like this, barbell, then you can go dumbbell, cable, body weight. Start within that segment. You want to basically modify your protein intake about every three to, four, uh, three to five hours because you want as many anabolic windows as possible because protein synthesis, after about 30 grams of protein, you basically initiate the process of protein synthesis and it lasts about three hours. So that's why you want to space out your meals, okay? Because you have more growth opportunities within the day. So here's an example. If you were to consume 60 grams of protein, although your body would use it, the protein synthesis process only, you don't go through a super protein synthesis process because you're consuming 60 grams. But if you divided 60 grams into two 30 gram meals, right? Now you have two potential protein synthesis, I guess you could say- um, Opportunities. Like yes, opportunities yeah. within that day. And that helps you with your fucking healing, with your growing and so on. So calorie surplus, um, strategizing your meal timing and putting on uh, you know, stress that's uh, realistic to where it's not gonna injure you within a 12 to 15 rep range. I'm glad this is recording. Yeah, <laughs> so you can go back to it. Every time someone asks me that, I'm just gonna say, "Listen to this." Yeah, it's it's true. Like that's I a mean, question that I have ha had a lot. Like little guys that want to know that, and that's um, the best inf like info I've ever heard. And I used to get that question a lot when I was much bigger. When I was back in my bodybuilding days, when I was much larger, a lot Steroids. of kids. Yeah, of course. And a lot of kids <laughs> would come up to me and they'd go, you know, like, "How do I bulk up? How do I bulk up?" And I think. So many people make the classic kind of high school football mistake where they just, they know they have to be in a caloric, in caloric excess. So they just eat whatever yeah. the fuck they want. Yeah. And being 1500 grams in excess of your, of your caloric limit is not going to help with muscle growth. Right. It's going to help. It's going to help growth. you with muscle growth, but it's going to help tremendously with fat growth. And, and then you're in a really vicious cycle where you, you know, that you're having a tough time then cutting down that fat when you're 280 pounds at 28% body fat, you know? Yeah, also frequency as well, I should add. That's a very big deal. Um, you don't want to lift. Whenever you see these memes where people or they can't walk or because they're so sore and all that, they did it wrong, okay? So here's how you want to think about this. Imagine, um, metaphorically speaking, your, um, I guess you could say, your path from point A to point B, point B being your goal, Point A is where you're starting from, is you, you want to travel there and get there, obviously. Every time you stop, right, you're not traveling forward. So if you have this ability to train to where you could be slightly sore, but you're able to repeat the exercise again within, I would say, a 48 to 72 hour process, 
you basically allow more anabolic opportunities within a time frame. So I don't have a seven-day week. I have a nine or 10-day cycle within my training regimen. So I'll do chest, for example, uh, once every, or I would say three times within a nine or 10-day cycle. So basically, I'm trying to hit it, hit it, hit it. What does that mean? It means that I don't fucking just kill it the first day to where I can't train it this, you know, the third day or the fourth day. So you have to be a little bit smarter in regards to your frequency. And that means you might have to leave the gym a little early, feeling a little guilty because you don't feel like you like smashed it. Being, being smart, you're actually doing better. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to fucking adapt to the shit and then grow and then modify, so... Yeah. And and ad, adaptation comes at a measurable in a, in a measurable way. Meaning, people think that the more and more and more and more you tear down the muscle cell, the better off you'll be. And the reality is, is that muscle growth uh, comes with a certain built-in level of stimulation. There's a there's a measurable amount, and you want to hit that in the sweet spot. And then going over it is equally as bad, if not worse, than going under it. Absolutely. You know, mm -hmm. they, uh, I, so I, and I, I got a lot of times, like a lot of young boys make that mistake too, because you're eager. You want to fucking be jacked. You want to yeah. be buff. So you're like, I'm going to lift every day for two hours. I can know? say where the theory would stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also think that uh, to kind of talk about the frequency of training and specifically with strength training, that's probably something you really have to regulate when it comes to your fighters because they're also doing so much other activity. Absolutely, yeah. We auto-regulate often when they come in there and they have an injury or they feel a little tired. Um, sometimes, um, just a few weeks ago, Brian and I, we just did a pure balanced training session. We wanted to keep the consistency um, to where he was actually in the gym doing something, moving and sweating, right? But we also didn't want to break him because yeah. he was feeling tired and all that. So... We have these little fun ways of making a game because uh, I understand him and I understand like with him specifically, if you make it a game, he can, someone gets distracted and then he leaves feeling more excited about the following day. Yeah. And that's the goal. It's, it's not sore. He was able to sweat. And I, I, I'm a fucking huge believer in balance. I don't feel like it's, and I'm not just talking about like holding a weight and shaking a band and all that. I'm talking about actual, you know, standing on like a, slack lines or like a narrow piece of wood and trying to kick some shit like some fun shit what about the bad shit though because for, for me uh if i know that i'm doing sprints uh i get almost anxiety like i get anxiety a little bit knowing that's the hardest part for me i like when i when i can't breathe anymore and i have to keep going yeah that's the thing that i fucking hate the most like stress tests and all those things yeah i'm pissed that i have to do that shit but for me if i have to fight and i don't get tired like that's the outcome but what is the what is the best way to do those kind of things without making it so ridiculously painful that you are kind of destroyed like i did the run in albuquerque with keith jardine and it fucking wrecked me yeah i couldn't talk for like a couple of days I lost my voice. Yeah. <laughs> I did. For a day, I lost my voice. You ran the up. voice out of you. <laughs> I fucking almost died. I swear. That was the that is that is the hardest thing I've ever done in exercise. Well, at least you don't have a job where talking's important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on <laughs> it was on Saturday, okay. so I was in the clear until nice. Monday. Well, when you're doing sprints <laughs> and you have that anxiety, that feeling of anxiety, yeah. you're you're doing it right. 
That's oh, okay. what I would say. You're doing it right. Why is that? Because you put in more effort. You fucking have to suffer. Suffering is something that's unavoidable, right? right? It's, it's, it's a grueling process. It shouldn't take you, you know, longer than I would say two minutes maximum, right? And you want to give yourself adequate amount of rest. If you ever run a 400, every time we no, do- No, I can't run, but- Well, that's, when you say, right when you said anxiety, I automatically thought of doing 400s. Because when we do- What's four, a 400? Uh, one lap. One, one lap around a, a normal, track. Uh, a, a official track. Is yeah. that- Going as hard as you can? You're going, yes. You're, like hard enough to make it all the way around. You have to go all the way, but you're, you're tracking your time too. And you're like, okay, I did this. And so we have this game where we have accumulated times where we'll do like four or five 400. So we'll yeah. do about a little bit more than a mile or a What's mile. What's the rest? Sometimes it can be three minutes. Sometimes it can be four, right? The idea is to rest long enough to where I can perform as best as I can. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then what you start doing is you start reducing the rest period naturally as you okay. adapt. Right. The process kind of takes care of itself. But every time, it doesn't fucking matter who we are. Every time we start, it's like, oh shit, this is going to suck. Yeah. Fuck it. Just go. It, it's okay. Yeah. It's exactly like taking a shot of tequila, but a little different. You know, it's going to taste like shit. You know, it's going to burn. You know, you're going to have to go through some short term of discomfort for yeah. long term pleasure or longer term pleasure. Yeah, I so, think it's more anxiety on me because I know I'm not. I know I, I'm not a cardio maniac. I've never been. Everybody I train with, you know, I mean, when I put in the work, sure, I have cardio, but I'm not like you know how some people are known for having like freakishly good. Gifted, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, oh, that that's a super fortunate thing, ability to have. I wish I. It really is. I don't have that. I put in the work and I get decent cardio, but I know when we're doing those things, you. Anybody's like, okay, we're going to be doing this. We'll run up here and they fucking run down there. And I go, shit. You know, because I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to stop. But you make up for it. I mean, everyone comes with their own kind of makeup of positives and negatives. If you're not a slow twitch (laughs) guy, you're not one of these guys who was just born to be able to go forever. Um, you're you're really gifted in the like the fast twitch stuff. You even said before you even learned how to box, you always threw bombs. You're always a guy who could just whack and whip it around. Yeah, I think the whatever I'm not it is, like, the, I feel know, like I'm, the rotation of it, and and I've got heavy hands. It's not because I'm good at it. It's you know, people just some people have heavy hands. Absolutely. But that's a genetic makeup. Yeah. That's a that's a gift. Where you where you but lose think, out on the cardio, you were gifted in in other ways. You know, but I'm slow. I've, I've tried. I've I've got a boxing coach who's teaching me footwork, so I'm really learning a lot of footwork and a lot of fakes, and and my stance change. So just even getting used to that stance, because when I spar, if I get tired, I want to go back to my old me. I just forget. I'm tired. I'll start leaning over. I put my foot closer together. All these little things that I'm trying to fix for this, for for my fights of my life. Yeah, that don't they're not my <laughs> career at all. But I'm still serious about it. Um, what supplements do you use, and what do you find necessary for building muscle and muscle recovery? Oh, so great question. Um, creatine monohydrate is German creatine monohydrate. Don't fuck with the, the other Creapure. Yeah, Creapure. That's a, it's wait. A, what's the very, when you're buying creatine monohydrate, which I, I am totally with Mike, it's one of the greatest, it's one of the only things that's totally bankable, totally works. It's worth, it's cheap. But I there's can't only recommend one it. kind? There's, it's a, a trademark of the, see, creatine and all nutritional supplements, whatever they are, the companies that make them buy in bulk from three or four different providers. And creatine comes from China, can come from sometimes Mexico. The Crea Pure brand 
that they buy in bulk is from Germany. And it is the only one that has been proven to have bankable, reliable results. Absolutely. How do you know you get that one? You look on the package. It says yeah. made by, you know, patent Crea Pure on the, on the somewhere on the package. What's the ratio of shit creatine and good creatine out there? A lot. A lot bad? Yeah, a lot. there's a lot of bad because, well, they're like, I don't want to retain water. It's like, that's the benefit of the creatine, right? It's it's intracellular. It actually will volumize your muscle. Now, if you have to make weight or if you feel like it's making you a little lethargic because you're going to carry more weight, right? Then maybe you want to not use that. But in regards to the question, I love creatine and I'm on creatine like year round, right? Yeah. So, Even when you have a, a fit physique competition? Yeah, because it helps volumize my muscle. But what about the water retention? That's the what's the water retention. It's So there's subcutaneous, that's the layer in between the skin and the muscle, and there's yeah. intracellular, that's in the cell. I want water in the cell. I don't want the water in between my skin and my muscle. Okay. And people conflate these things and they make some shit up. One guy, and I hate this bullshit. He's like, yeah, well, everybody's different. No, no, you can't say that about this, man. You just didn't understand it because this person was a trainer. He goes, I don't like creatine. And, you know, it makes me bloated. No, it doesn't. I mean, maybe very, very, very small percentage of people, but no, it doesn't. It actually makes you look a little better as you're leaner and you're able to perform better in the gym. You'll have stronger lifts. You'll have faster recoveries. And fuck, there's some studies now that are saying that there's like neurological benefits. There is, uh, that there's a, a conclusive scientific proof now that it can actually, have, it's a it's a nootropic as well. A what? A, neutro- a brain, <laughs> brain supplement. Oh, like wow. on, like uh, Alpha Brain or something like that. I should probably take some more of it then. Um, <laughs> um, also, uh, there's also some uh, great science showing that creatine can help in work capacity too. Yes. So a lot of times, everyone thinks creatine, they think big bulking, hulk, hulking muscle guy. There's they're showing some effectiveness for endurance as well. Huh. Excellent. So creatine, anything on top of that you would recommend? You know, if, as far as what I believe in personally, um, beta alanine is really good. It's a lactic acid buffer, so you're able to go a little harder, longer. That burning feeling that you get within yeah. your muscles, right? It delays that. Oh yeah. Yes, and you uh, write this shit down. You write this shit. <laughs> Sure, I'll write So it the down. idea behind this, yeah, this is actually great for fighting. You sh- there's also something else um, you should try to fuck with. Uh, it's sodium bicarbonate, um, baking soda. You can really? S- yeah, look into that. Look into that. Sodium bicarbonate before a type of like training, like, you know, combat or running. Just put it in the water or something? Yeah, you got to be careful though because it can make you shit. So mm. you got to really like consume it. You have to acclimate to it, but it works amazing. Um, so beta alanine is great. And creatine and beta alanine is not a pre or post. There is some evidence to suggest that creatine is slightly better after training, but it doesn't really make a difference. It's more of an accumulative supplement, meaning you have to take it for a certain amount of time for it to accumulate oh. for you to start seeing the process. So you don't take it once say, fuck, I feel great. So creatine, you can load, you can take up to 10 to 20 grams for a week. Or you can take it slowly, which is what I do. I just take five grams. It takes about three weeks for me to start experiencing it. Beta alanine, you take about 3,000 milligrams. So I divide 1,500 uh, milligrams two times a day. You wait till it accumulates and you can kind of see that you fucking feel good within a couple of weeks, two to three weeks. And it doesn't matter when you take it. It's not one of these things. So sometimes people will take their this and their that before they work out and they go in there and um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I usually do it after the work. That's my meal. I'll have a smoothie with a bunch of protein and creatine in it. Beautiful. But now I don't know. 
It's from Earth Bar. They're probably giving me shit creatine, right? Probably. Sons of bitches. Probably. I don't, and I don't even think So they, I should just have my own. I don't so even think they then put purposely, it in there. I don't even think they purposely make the decision like I'm going to get the cheap creatine. I just think like a place like Earth Bar is not aware that specifically German creatine yeah. is what works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I didn't know that. That that is that is not open for debate too. There's so many studies that have shown that the other ones flat out don't work. They don't work as well. Okay. I can't I All can't right. say yeah exactly, yeah. but they it, they have they have a a marked difference between the Korea Pure and regular. Hey, let me ask you about water intake. Yeah, Did you drink a gallon a day. Recently, I've been trying to consume more water. It's like water and stretching are my two worst things. There's fucking it, it's I suck when it comes to it, but. I literally just drink when I'm thirsty. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of regulate. You don't regulate that? You know what? I haven't seen any type of hard like science to suggest that this is how you do things. So I basically just go by how I feel. And so I would be very cautious on recommending people uh, how much water to drink because you can actually fucking throw your electrolytes off, you know, and so that can fuck with you. By drinking too much. Absolutely. Yeah. Water intoxication. I think some lady died from that trying mm -hmm. to win. Like a, no, it was a radio a, contest. Yeah, radio contest. Yeah. Fresno. Yeah. Yep. So I, I don't fuck with that too much. I just, like I said, if I'm thirsty, I drink. If I feel like I sweat a little too much, then I'll get the gallon out and I'll just sip it as I watch it. And then that's pretty much it. What are the theories behind somebody that sweats a lot? Yeah, that's actually- Is that a good or a bad thing? It's neither good or bad. It's just what it is. And it depends how you treat it afterwards right so obviously the more you lose the more you want to replenish so if you sweat a lot then you should drink a lot of water after yeah i think okay if i remember correctly i believe you want to consume what you want to absorb one liter per pound of water that you lose um this is this is related to when fighters are cutting weight right so yeah. if you're and, and it's very hard to kind of like determine what it is right so um based off of post training so if you lost three pounds probably want to get a few liters of water within you, which is close to a gallon, actually. Okay. But not guzzle it. Because remember, it's get not how much you- day. Yeah, it's not how much you drink, it's how much you absorb, right? If you just guzzle it, you're just going to piss it out. And you're going to focus yourself even more. In fact, there's a process called water loading in regards to losing water weight. Yeah. That's drinking excess amounts. That's super dangerous, right? It's It can be, you know, if you don't know how to do it right. Yeah. So- um, I don't need to fuck with that. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, if you just drink a whole bunch of water- it can actually give you the reverse effect. You won't hold it. It takes so it would dehydrate you more. Yeah, there's a part in your brain that thinks that you're consuming too much, so it's like gonna spill it out. So what happens is, like, I'll start water loading about <laughs> seven to eight days out. I used to do ten days, but I realized I didn't need to. So you you progressively can uh, consume more water up to two two and a half gallons a day. Yeah. Then what you do is you cut it two and a half gallons a day. Your body can open up to more. Yeah, you adjust. It's very easy. Then, you know, uh, about a day before when you cut your water, your body still thinks it's spilling over. It takes a couple of days to get back to homeostasis to its baseline. Yeah. So until that time, it's fucking going to pee out as if you're drinking a couple gallons. Oh, wow. So you're just- You're just trying yourself out. Well, that's the goal. Yeah. Within that context. Do you guys steam or sauna to cut the right, right before or not? Fighters will. Um, bodybuilders do not. Do not. You'll okay. go flat. They'll go oh. flat. Flat meaning you don't have the pop in your muscle. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. you want to stay, you want to have volume. I got you. Yeah. It's a really weird thing. Bodybuilding's super strange, but I, I like to liken it to uh, the space program. 
not everybody wants to, is interested or cares about uh, astronauts flying to space, but so many unbelievable scientific discoveries and other things related to our everyday life have come from the space program. Yeah, I know. You know what I'm saying? I agree. And bodybuilding, not everybody cares about being 250 pounds and shredded and, and posing like a maniac on stage. But when it comes to nutrition and fitness, for all sports, for all walks of life, so much of the research has come from bodybuilding because they're so extreme. Well they're, said. They're, 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 yeah. It's the most extreme thing. I mean, everybody do. in MMA is pretty fit. They go to the gym all the time, but yeah. strength and conditioning coaches are... It's not like a, it's not a fat, it's not a phase, you know? No. It's like a thing where, man, I thought I was pretty fit. And then I went and saw like uh speed of sport yeah, guy and shit. And I was like, man, I didn't think any of this kind of shit would help me in a fight at all. Yeah. But then when you, you could just tell like the people that you've been sparring, they go, they go, what the fuck have you been doing? I'm like, I haven't been doing anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm eating cheeseburgers and going to speed to sport and they're yeah. like I something happened to you you got fitter I could tell you go I could I feel lighter even though I didn't lose any weight my I can move around faster there's a there's a big difference and I'd love to get your take on it too Mike because you're actually a professional in the field I was saying this to Jason in fact just last week on the radio show people conflate the idea of beach muscles and performance muscles and although the two can have carryover sometimes like you're a perfect example they are not the same no and training for performance and training to look amazing are two they're two different beasts you know? absolutely so you want to become like strong you want to become fast you want to become explosive you want to be oxygen efficient when you're a performance athlete right um bodybuilding when you just want muscle you don't have to do anything like the process of getting there you have to do certain things but those requirements, they don't fucking, they're, they're actually counterintuitive to the goal. So unless you're like a Romero or some shit like that, where you kind of have the full package, is you definitely want to become- How does he look like that and do that? Genetics. Is that really, does he, because you know, I mean, you don't know, but you have your suspicions as somebody who knows far more than I about the genetics of a buddy and a man that's 40 that looks like that and flies around like that. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I heard from a very credible source. I'm talking the fucking top of the mountain. Yeah. That this last fight, him and his opponent were fucking tested frequently. Okay? Yeah. Which means it can be one or two things. They either have a lot of fucking money invested in this drug process. Yeah. Or they actually fucking pulled it off. The, the I guess you could say the non-steroid way. Right? And so, to me... I don't. Part, is is it, is it when you see those two? Because that is the ultimate. Those two before they fought each other. I was the jokes that were flying around the room were because we were all like, "How the fuck can you look like that?" And then have gas in the tank in the fifth round. Yeah. How is it possible that they look like that? And your professional opinion is a genetically. It it is genetically <laughs> possible. It is, and the one thing that I don't like to do is act like I understand like the possibilities of something. I just got a message today. Some guy was like, Anabar, you're a fucking juicer or some shit like that. Yeah. And I'm like- Nobody says that to me. <laughs> well, if they did, it, it, my point in saying that is like, okay, so we, we people that suggest that think that they understand what the possibilities are in the first place to understand what's impossible, right? Yeah. 
I don't fucking act like that. What I do is I see consistent patterns like round muscles, you know, acne, certain things. And I'm like, okay, these are fucking following the traits of somebody that uses something. Big traps, that's a common sign of steroids, right? Is it really? Yeah, it is. Um, and not to suggest anybody out there with big traps are doing steroids, but like these are things that I've looked up. And so, you know, I, I hate to say that somebody is on it. Yeah. I've done it because I hate being accused of it. But fuck, man, when people are fucking doing some crazy shit, your brain just goes there. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I, you know, we, we talked about at the start. If you're very, very uh, muscly, you just gas out no matter how fit you are. It's just the way it is. Muscle, it, muscle requires oxygen. It requires oxygen for contractions. When you are jacked, when you're Paulo Costo, you require a lot more oxygen to maintain that body just to even go. And it's, you know, but it, but then again, there's, there are, okay, regardless if they use drugs or not, yeah, those two gentlemen, because I could use all the drugs in the world and train yes. like they do, I ain't going to look like them. See, that's- So, all, like, regardless of what happened, one thing that we can say for sure, they have superior genetics. That's yeah. an, no ifs, ands, Absolutely. buts. Absolutely. Because no one trains harder than, like, Cormier- Cormier trains like a motherfucker. Yeah, but doesn't he must have a terrible diet, right? He has to. Yeah, if he's overweight, I would assume Like that him having the belly, even if he goes down to 205 and still having a bit of a belly, you if he lived with you, you could make him completely not fat at all, correct? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> and here's why I say that. Okay. Because, um, yes, if he was a robot, fine. What, what do you mean? Meaning if he just was able to follow... Right. That's what I'm saying. If he did exactly, he went to yes. he went to jail with you. Yes. And <laughs> he he just lived in your prison yeah. where he got up and he had these meals. Yes. That's it. Yeah. You're saying that he would not look fat in any way. He would not look fat. He would still kind of like you ever seen the Breakfast Club where the guy was like, you always kind of look fat inside. He might have that because some yeah. people that are big for a long period of time, no matter what they do, they kind of still look big. Yes. He might have that image, but. He's functional for a sport. And so I'm not suggesting that he can't be better, but I do believe what Mike is saying is true. Genetics fucking play a huge role. And you imagine him at 185. Ugh. I mean, fuck, it's going to be hard to get there, right? Because I, when he, he couldn't get down to 205. Yeah. So it's but like when he was at 205, standing on the scale, cheating, holding a towel, <laughs> he was still fat. Yeah. No. He was still fat. Yeah. You know, like fat. <laughs> my point being, he's still incredible you're the most incredible fighter you're the best fat guy ever <laughs> no one's ever been fatter and better than daniel Cormier. i just i didn't remember back in my bodybuilding days it's like i had a guy who was almost exactly my measurements and we would train together and he was just one of those guys that like he could fucking put away two in and out burgers yeah like two days before a show and he'd come and he'd still whoop everybody's ass. He was just, you know, like he was, he worked hard and everything, but I worked harder and I didn't look like him. He was like, some people have amazing genetics. And no, just, I know. I've had uh, a friend of mine almost vomit because he had a taste of my pink berry <laughs> and, and out of disgust at this absolute dog shit that you guys are eating. And I'm like, what, what? Because Cold Stone, that's, or a real, real ice cream, or I'm not eating this shit. And myself and another guy who was a, a proper fighter, a Soa Palele, who had a bit of a belly. Like, I have a little bit of a belly. And King Mo Lawal, who wouldn't eat this pink berry because it tastes like shit, which means he only eats fucking candy bars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and he's jacked. Yeah. It's just completely shredded. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I'm like, this is so unfair. Yeah. Like both of me and so were sharing a pink berry because we're trying not to be fat asses. And this guy's like, you guys are eating dog shit because it doesn't have enough sugar in it. Let me ask you a question. When you when you said that you were skating often when you were younger, right? Yeah. Uh, did you consider yourself overweight? Uh, like, would you skate with your shirt off because you felt like you had a good physique? No, nah, like, I wouldn't. I kept my shirt on. Yeah, because I, I mean, I grew up around like a surfing skating environment and a lot of those fucking kids were in shape yeah. because they're so active all the time. And that's another advantage some people have that some people just don't from a genetic standpoint is your desire to fucking move, right? Even like right now, I can't stop twitching my leg. Yeah. Right? There's it's your fucking coffee pills you're on. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another thing, just being playful and continuing to want to play and learn. A lot of these people that train, like uh, when I was working with Anderson Silva, that guy would never leave the gym. Now he might be a little soft in areas, but yeah. I can't really imagine him ever being like, uh, like a decent- Yes, absolutely. Because he, he fucking desires to play. No, if I ever, because I've been hurt before, that's when I get fat, or not fat, but out of shape. Whenever I was in skateboarding and I do like a really serious injury, I would get fat, get sad, get, get angry. That's just the way I've always worked. And then go get it off. Yeah. Uh, so I can't live with myself if I'm 20 pounds overweight. Absolutely. Yeah. She knows the deal. It happened every to me time, too. Every time I'm ever, uh, and she's like, you look great. You carry it well. And I'm like, carry it well. Your ass You know big. what that means. <laughs> that means I am a fucking fat ass when I'm carrying it well. That's the deal stealer for me. I'm carrying it well. I'm like, I'm off. I'm going to the gym. Your cock gets thicker. That's no what more snacks. Yeah. That's still it not clumps gonna, up. not going to work <laughs> on me. It's depressing stuff. I got to go to the gym. No. Dude, uh, I have to say thank you for coming yeah, in. Yeah, uh, thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate I, it. I, I I'm really, totally doing that three day thing starting this week. Fuck yeah! I knew it goes. that uh, there's. A, I have a lot of friends that are very credible in the fitness industry, uh, but I knew having you in would be perfect. Thank because, you. Because uh, you really have a great way of of laying things out and 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 not bullshitting. And uh, I, I love that you've never had a, any product to push or any of that yeah. kind of bullshit that uh, you really are. It's something that you're passionate about and you love it and you obviously live the lifestyle. So thank you for coming in. Thank you so much. Uh, at Mike Cefe on Instagram and, and Twitter or just on Instagram? Uh, Twitter, I've tried, man. I failed. <laughs> so Instagram is... Yeah, Mike and, Cefe. Uh, and uh, it's, a, it's a rough name to spell, but we'll put it all up on the, on the podcast when this is posted and everything. But uh, uh, yeah, so thank you, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate man. it, man. Thank you. Thank you.